Adam Pengilly, good morning to you, mate. Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. Uh, now, Chris Waller's still weighing up nature strips, what, run after the Everest, what it's going to do later in the spring, is that right? Yeah, I reckon it's an almighty struggle, Jared, going to happen for a try and get nature strip to headline either Golden Eagle Day at Rose Hill or potentially go down to Flemington for that champion stakes on the final day of the carnival down there because um, Chris has virtually confirmed the shorts, obviously, of his lead-up run before the Everest and then after that. They're still trying to make a call. The money, if you want to be swayed by that, it's obviously in Sydney, given we've got that big $6 million bonus sprint series in Sydney, um, sort of heading heading through the Everest and the Sydney Stakes. So if he's in contention for that, I reckon it'd be hard to take him away from, from Rose Hill and running at 1,300 metres for the first time in his career and in a race that's going to be named after him this year as well called the Nature Strip Stakes. But, of course, there's a chance for another Group 1 down there, uh, down the Strait of Flemington on the final day of the carnival. So plenty of uh, water going to the bridge yet, but a big call to make, and I imagine a couple of clubs vying for the services of the Australian Horse of the Year. Now, Koshu has been retired. This is a blow for the John O'Shea stable in connections. Yeah, horrible news, Jared. They family had the news yesterday on Racing HQ. Um, I was desperately keen to see her come back for the spring. She only had the one start and created a huge impression that debut win on the Kenston track, but John O'Shea's revealed yesterday that she's had a spiral fracture to uh, one of her legs. Unfortunately, she had to be retired, so our commiserations go out to John and the connections with Trelawney Stud. She could have been absolutely anything. I know I'm only talking a midweek win, but she was super, super impressive. The wraps have been on there for a long time, so... Unfortunately, won't stay on the race again, but hopefully she can have a um, successful career at stud. How many internationals do you think we'll see in the Melbourne Cup this year? Yeah, it's a good question, Loz. The, the next stage of acceptances were held yesterday, and we've only got 10 uh, overseas-trained horses still in the running for the Melbourne Cup. So I reckon at this stage, when I'm putting a well, sort of a, a rough figure on it, I imagine we're probably seeing maybe between four and six, potentially, overseas horses in the race. will be very similar to last year, but what's probably even more of a surprise is we've got no overseas trained entries left in either the Caulfield Cup or the Clocks Plate, even at this early stage right now. So that just goes to show that, obviously, with the shifting uh, landscape in, in the world, obviously, with the pandemic and, obviously, the protocols that Racing Victoria put in the last couple of years, it's probably not as attractive to get these European horses down to Australia for their connections and make that arduous trip. So we'll wait and see how that plays out. But definitely, the Caulfield Cup and Clocks Plate will just be an all-Australasian flavour this year. And the Melbourne Cup, I'd imagine, only have a, a very small group of internationals coming down. Canterbury Park today. What do you like? Yeah, very hard program to try and find some value, Jerry. Just one bet for me. Race five, number six, the poacher for John Thompson's yard. He was really impressive winning um, at Hawkesbury there last start. I know it was only a restricted race, and I don't usually like putting too much credence into Hawkesbury form, but his debut preparation was good. Looks like a horse, plenty of upside. I'm happy to stick with him at Canterbury today. That's race five, number six, the poacher. Scratched four minutes ago. Oh, <laughs> that was a beautiful spiel, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, checked, I, checked, I checked ten minutes ago to make sure you were still in. And you know what Mido did, Adam? <laughs> you know what he did? He did the old put his finger up to his mouth and did the old shh. Let Pengilly speak, and then he just brought you back down to earth. Yeah, Liverpool support a lot. Yeah. No, it was just it was beautiful. I could feel the research, the passion. The conviction. Oh, I did the form last yep. night. I checked oh. a minutes ago and got on my computer, and then there you go. He scratched four minutes ago. How's now, it going? Now, tell me about this article you have written in the City Morning Herald today under the headline, and it makes me cranky just reading the headline Ban Kids Contact Sport Expert. Uh, yes. Yes, uh, there's a big seminar going to be held today in Sydney, Jared, by the Concussion, Concussion Legacy Foundation. And one of the big neuroscientists, Dr. Chris Nowinski, is out in Australia to promote that. And he's really pushing hard to, to start a program where we have to modify contact sport for kids under the age of 14. He's talking about tackling in 
And I suppose the rugby codes in Australia and heading in the in the soccer code, um, he's of the firm belief to prevent seat there, which is degenerative brain disease, which is obviously popping up with more and more regularity and frequency all across the world now. He thinks we should try and be limiting contact sports for kids and heading in soccer until the age of 14. It's going to be a very divisive issue. I understand that. Uh, James Graham's going to speak at that conference a little bit later today on, on the issue of concussion in sport, as well as Joe Williams, obviously a former first-grade player. And this issue just rumbles on, doesn't it? Um, I'm not here to pretend that I, I know or understand the, the science as good as what other people do, but I try and listen to all the different points of view. And obviously he's coming from that, that sort of, I suppose, more extreme point of view. And he's allowed to have his opinion because he's been around this game for a very long time. He was actually a former um, college football player as well as a professional wrestler, Jared. He was part of WWE for a while. His career had to be cut short after he was badly concussed in a wrestling match, um, believe it or not. So he's been... Um, working on the science behind these for the best part of 15 or 20 years, and this is his latest push, and the campaign's been called Stop Hitting Kids in the Head, um, and we'll see how it plays out. Yep. Emotive, controversial topic. Uh, there to have a read, Adam's article in the Herald today. Thank you, mate. See you, boys. Have a good day.